Just in and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Brighter Side is brought to you by Audible.com. Go to audibletrial.com slash brighter side for your free trial. Everybody, this is the brighter side—a uh, cynics look at optimism—and uh, what we do here, you know, what we do here. If you're a regular listener, is we take uh, shitty, horrible, fucked up, unfun things in the world, and we try and find a brighter side to them. Uh, this week was a, a, a horrible thing that has no brighter side. And this is a, uh, a show, and we had a we're, we're in the middle of a silly thing. We're doing the seven deadly sins. Our first one was lust last week, and it felt very appropriate that this week we do pride. We're doing pride for uh, a community that lives and survives and exists. For need to love. These are people that, you know, they give everyone a chance. They want to see it. Anything fun on earth, you can bet your ass there's a gay person involved somewhere. Hey, man. Hey, man. Aretha hey Franklin? Man. I mean,. I don't. Is she gay? No, okay. I just said a fun person. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I just like to throw out fun things. Well, like, it's, it's actually it's also Pride Month. Oh my uh, yeah. June is Pride Month, so you know it's and it's not just about uh, LGBTQI um, organizations, but it's about everybody. What is the I? The I is intersexual. What does that mean? Uh, that means... It's like inner space. Yeah, you like to do it, you like to do it in intersection. It's like robots, robots yeah. in space? Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's for people who flow throughout okay. uh, whatever they want to do. Okay. Or, there might be, or they might be... Or the old term used to be hermaphrodites. Mm. Yes. So you're born with, yes. a gen, with a genderly... Uh, uh, it, um, uns- uh, it's not clear what your gender is because perhaps your genitals may not be fully formed or yes. dropped yeah. or whatever. And That's so always it's like been around. Clear. So doctors Basically, have to women over yeah. 
45. So is is hermaphrodite what is it is similar to like calling an Asian person oriental correct but not really appropriate anymore somewhat yes, incorrect yeah good analogy okay Absolutely. good to know boom done there you go some quick lessons for you <laughs> right up top but the main thing we wanted to talk about today uh, we we talked earlier wasn't about a big angry episode about gun control and hate it's more about pride is our going to be our main subject and it's pride in the community that has the most pride. And so it's, uh, I think we want to talk about what's great about something yeah. to make people understand, you know, something great that took a major hit this week. I'll start. I'll say something about gay people that are fun. All right, let's uh, do it. So I was living in a small town, Louisiana. We went to like a blockbuster, whatever, and it was my turn to pick the movie with my friends. And I picked up Hedvig and the Angry Inch. Mm -hmm. Never seen it, never heard of it, nothing. I was just like in the corner, you know, and I like picked it up. I fucking loved it. Yeah. And my friends were like, we don't get it. It makes us feel strange. Please turn it off. And then I was like, I, I love this so much, and I don't, I have to leave. And I left that town. And it was like a huge milestone. Uh, first off, I'm so happy that that was the thing that made you feel that. Because that's one of my favorite things in like the whole world. Hey, guys, it's Walter Replogle here. Um, Get a stage name. No, no, it's my name. Be proud. Yeah, I'm proud of my name. Okay, okay. All right. Your name is really good. Be proud. Thanks. Um... But, uh, no, actually, Hedwig was something that, for especially my generation, made uh, a lot of people kind of just aware of not just uh, indie gay culture, uh, but turned transgender stuff uh, on, the, on its head. Because this is literally about someone who had something that... Uh, they didn't really ask for, but they had to go under uh, surgery to become a woman, and it was botched. Oh uh, and uh, and but that's what they had to deal with. And it's them. It's a story about them finding love after losing their genitalia, uh, and not something they chose. And but it's also a beautiful story, and it's about them finding themselves ultimately. And the music is so killer. Mm. Like it's so. Oh, good. we rock harder than anyone else could. I actually, I saw Neil Patrick Harris do it, and the people sitting next to me, they were from Michigan, and uh, it was awesome. it was me and my boyfriend, and this uh, like typical like fat older couple were sitting next to us, and both of us were just like, I don't know if they're gonna like it. It's great when they're really fat. Yeah. Well, no, and they were, and they, but they were they were super super nice, um, and I was like, Have you guys ever seen the show before? And they were like, No, we're not. We had never seen a Broadway show. And and uh, that's me doing like half Southern, half Californian. Yeah. I don't know what Michigan sounds like. It is a simple right. person. Yeah. yeah, but <laughs> but but they they I sat there next to them and they rocked out so hard uh, that it just it filled me with so much pride. I just came up in the end with this teensy little pecker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter that you know everyone else stole from him and like treated him like shit his entire life because he loves himself. <laughs> Go for him. <laughs> That's cute. The movie was better, but yeah, I like the show. So. I like the show for different reasons yeah. than I like the movie. I love the movie. I love the movie. When did you guys come out to your parents? Well, it was 1964. Uh-huh. The Beatles had them. just gone on that song. <laughs> and I said, okay, for the Beatles. <laughs> I think everyone's pretty gay for the Beatles. Everyone is. I've never... You know, I don't know. 
I shouldn't say that. People will hate me. I uh, I told I said I said I didn't like the Beatles on Twitter and Pandora unfollowed me. And they Whoa! Were, no, I'm kidding. They didn't. They actually tweeted. I saw. I tweeted that as a joke, and they're like, "We're so sorry. Well, how do we fix this?" Desperate for subscribers. Every other song on Pandora is the Beatles, though. But I did in college. Like I went. Like every kind of new. And but I went to college, fell in love, came home, was like super excited about my roommate. Um, and he was great, and uh, and so I was like, why am I? This is stupid. So I just told my, I went home, told my parents, mm-hmm. and uh, and my dad started crying, and my mom walked out of the room, tears of joy, <laughs> and totally. She went to go get a pot of flowers to congratulate Thank God. How long did it take them for? Oh. My parents, like, they're not, they're not ideological, ideological at all. So my dad was a truck driver. My mom was a housewife. They didn't go to college. They weren't educated. Right. They didn't have a bunch of diversity in their lives at all. So when I came out, the fourth of four kids, they were like, what? And, you know, this was like 1965, right? And no, I'm kidding. It was like, it's clearly like five years ago. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and they, uh, and so they just didn't know what to do. And I was a bad kid. I didn't give them anything. I didn't give them any resources or literature or anything because we didn't read in my family. And so it was weird. So it was weird. But they got over it. Like, they realized how bad my other three siblings were. And they're like, even gay, he's still better than the other three. Right. So they finally came around. <laughs> You're not in jail. And then within three years, I had, my boyfriend came home and they had mints on the pillows and they were very, like, embracing. And now he's, now I'm not the favorite. My partner, Michael, is the favorite of all of us. Um, I came out to my parents when I was 30. Wow. That's a long time. Wow. Yeah. I've known you uh, much longer than that. Yes. And I, I've... From day one, I knew you were gay. Well, because I was screaming gay. Yeah. I'm gay! Uh, you did it when you were 30. I was 30. I, I, well, my, I'm Southern. Uh, and my parents are wonderful, amazing, beautiful people who I love uh, very much. And, uh, but we didn't talk about that type of thing. But, like, every picture of Walter as a kid, he's wearing, like, silver shoes and fucking tap dancing and wearing makeup. <laughs> as a, that's a kid. Uh, but, no, I we never had the conversation. That's the whole thing. It's not that my parents didn't know I was gay. It's just we just didn't have that conversation. Do you think they knew? Yes. Yeah. Oh, God, they absolutely... Well, that's the weird conversation I had to have with my mom before we had the conversation with my dad is... Uh, uh, I got off the phone with her because I had just broken up with the first love of my life, and it was terrible. You two were there. Yeah. Um, And so one day, I was 30. Oh, you were? Okay. Yeah. And and, uh, my mom called me. I was having a really shitty day because I was devastated. And uh, and she called me out of nowhere, and and I picked up the phone, and I go, Hey, Mom, how are you? And she uh, responded. She was like, No, Walter. How are you? Yeah, moms know. Yeah. Uh, and I immediately just fell apart uh, and told her everything. Um, and later she told me that she hung up the phone. And my dad was like, is Walter okay? Because he could sense my mom talking to me. Because he was right there for, I don't know why. But my mom was like, Because yeah. they live together. And he feeds, she feeds him. Yeah, but it's it's not a big house. But it, they don't necessarily need to be two feet away from each other. Yeah. Um, but uh, she turned around and goes, yeah, Walter's not doing so great, and he's pretty much going to tell us he's gay in the next phone call he sends us. And so we did, and we had the conversation, and they love me, and uh, I love them. It was weird getting to that point, but uh, other than that... 
Did you feel, did you, was there a reason that you didn't want to do it earlier or was it? We just don't talk about that stuff. What are you talking about? The weather, fruit, peaches are good. No, all kinds of stuff. Theater. Well, and they're actually super cool. We just, we, but as Southern people, we just didn't talk about sex. Yeah. They, at, either. Massachusetts, I mean, like, like, you know, working class, yeah. New Englanders, we didn't talk about sex. Absolutely. Ever. Ever. Wasps ever. and fucking Southerners have a lot of shit in common. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Southerns everywhere. You get small towns everywhere. Yeah. All over the world. It's a state of mind. Yeah, I mean, you know, down south, they're rednecks. Up north, they're mountain men. They're all fucking animals. Yeah. <laughs> it's just people that survive within the tools that are given with them. That's right. it. Yeah. And they just don't like internet. I often want to just throw my phone in a river and just join a goat farm. You know what I mean? You're not far from it. Very southern. (laughs) (laughs) Goats, don't they not have, do they have farms or do they just hang out on mountains? Cute little stupid goats jumping around. They faint. I love it. I'd spook them out, laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Like you do. Tell you guys what our coming out stories is. Then what's your coming out story? Like, who's the first gay person that you met and knew? For my real? brother. Your brother? Yeah. The gay astronaut. Really? The gay astronaut. Your sister? Yeah. Oh, uh, your uh, sister? Yeah. Well, I guess the first gay person I knew, but the first out gay person was a friend of mine. Oh, okay. But. But that's my actually. I always kind of knew. I was half raised by two gay men who were neighbors of mine. I had no idea. They were half gay men. <laughs> What is it? Half raised by two gay neighbors. I'm sorry. What I say? I, I say things wrong sometimes. They're, they're, they're <laughs> on the weekend. At the same time, that's okay too. Yeah, no, but but I yeah. I I like I was an only <laughs> Jan and Bob, and uh, I was. Right. 60s hits? <laughs> That's Shannon Dean. Uh, were like two gay dudes? Two gay dudes. They lived across the street from me. They had the best house on the whole goddamn block. Oh, yeah, and they were very cool. And they were a lot of fun to hang out with. And I had no idea what gay was. Those were just two guys that lived together. And so, I don't know. The Bert and Ernie. I don't know what the hell they are. The kids in the neighborhood never made remarks? Didn't point things out to you? No, not really. I mean, we were. I was young. I was under. I was like under twelve. But still, even ten-year-olds would. I feel like point. I didn't have many friends either. Because we had a gay couple in my neighborhood, and more than anything, like people just it just wasn't a thing people really talked about at all. So weird. Yeah, it was like they threw parties for the whole neighborhood. I just found out that we had neighbors growing up that were gay, and I didn't even know. And my mom just told me this like a few months ago. Yeah. Like Was you like? Do you did you do you know these people? Do you guys on the same email list serve? Perhaps yeah, this, this is like <laughs> 25, 30 years ago, and yeah. I like I had cleared no idea. So I know exactly. I I I can honestly say like until the age of about twelve. I'm going to say this lightly because it's probably not true uh, that I didn't know what gay people were. Mm. Absolutely, I didn't, I didn't know. know. I could say that's about right for me. That's that's how I felt. I was hanging out with them. I didn't even know I was. Well, because when I was when I was uh, probably about nine, I joined a show choir. It's probably why I'm such a fucking liberal. But no, but the, for kids. Yeah. Um, and it's the amusement park, everyone joins. Yeah. Gay Taliban. But they absolutely. Gay <laughs> it's our recruiting stations. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how many messages I've gotten? Been like, Walter, are you gay? And we're like, yeah. They're like, knew it. 
um, but uh, that's that's where I encountered my first gay person. Uh, I I was twelve. His name I'm not going to say on this because, just because I'm being respectful. His name was Thomas Hardy the Third, and his, his social security number is. <laughs> his name was, uh, uh, but uh, a nice guy. But he was the choreographer, mm-hmm. and uh, that's when I think I was about. 10 when I started hearing the gay stuff come about around everybody because um, some kid in school called me a faggot and I told my teacher and he tried to explain it that he was calling me a faggetti which is Italian for spaghetti and oh. he did not win that argument wow <laughs> yeah uh, uh, but I wonder if he tried that with the black kids too <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure he didn't but kinky shape. But screw you, the No, it's fine. Totally fine. Um, <laughs> but but uh, but the first time I realized someone around me was gay was when I was about ten, and it was our choreographer. Uh, from the show choir and he started making jokes with me and my best friend at the time and and he paid a lot of attention to us in a way that was not threatening in any way shape or form but he just kind of befriended us and we liked him a lot um, and I think in a cool way he kind of did that just to be like hey I'm your friend if you're your friend when I was a kid, my, my hair was always this curly as it is now. So mm-hmm. my mother was on an everlasting quest to try to find someone to be able to cut my hair. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, who did she find in Pittsburgh? But like the, the, sing, the singer <laughs> <laughs> went down the side. Got me a black gay guy. I got, I got a look amazing. I got a fade at 10. No, but <laughs> it was this this tall, redheaded gay dude who cut my hair at, when I was 10 years old. And she he also cut my mom's hair. And I'll never forget his laugh. Ah! All the time with his laugh. And he was so wonderful. And I remember being so entertained by his laugh. I didn't really know. And my mom was, my mom would, like, I didn't really, my mom didn't say anything. It was my older brother who was eight years older because he would get really uncomfortable going. And he didn't, wasn't like, you know, I don't know if he had a problem, but he just wasn't, it just felt weird for him to have a gay guy cut his hair. He was like insecure, but I was having a ball with this guy. And I'll, I always love Kenny. Whenever I go back to Pittsburgh, I'll even go back and have him cut my hair. That man knew how to cut my hair. Oh yeah, he knew how to cut my hair, and I will never forget him. And that was my first, I guess, entry point into um, connecting with a gay person. And it was you should contact Alana Glazer. Yeah, no. Who to cut hair? Yeah, yeah, no, I have a great person now. Gorge. Do you? Really? Oh, yeah, I go to Diva Sean, curl specialist. Oh, yeah, don't even. Stop it. We just read you. Yeah, we just read you. Oh, really? Oh, really? Oh, God. Shaded. Did I really? I don't understand. He said, he said. People are so stupid. I know. Cena said he has a great person now. I said, no, you said. We both said, really? Really? You? It's looking kind of rad. It's just, it's just. Girl, get it in control. God, I gotta get a hair. It's been like five months. You look great. <laughs> no, no, I know you well. <laughs> How's my hair look? Straight. Honest opinion. Very straight. Yeah. Very straight. Very yeah. No, very. Uh, what is it? Actually, you know, you know Standard? those. No, you know those. Um, those fun visors that have the wig on top of it for bald guys. That's what it looks like. You have a. You have, have just the hair of it. 
Yeah. It's you goofy. Without yeah. the visor. Lesbian cut. Yeah. What's you that look, You look like What's, It made you look like a lesbian. She made you look like a lesbian. I'm not that. I want to ask Amber, who was your, uh, who was the first gay person you ever encountered? I encountered quite many, but I would say one that's very memorable. No, your first. Who's My your first? Um... Your brother doesn't count. My no, your brother count. doesn't count. I would say, you know what? I was in seventh grade in middle of nowhere, uh, North Carolina, mm-hmm. like by mountain people. And there was this little black boy, and I moved around a lot, and I just would be friends with the weirdest people, you know? Mm-hmm. He was black. He was, I believe he was gay. He was talking about Sailor Moon a bunch, and I didn't know what that was, but I saw some of the images, and I was like... Maybe he's gay. I don't know, but I, he's very friendly, and I don't care at this point. Fifty-five, forty-five could be gay with yeah, Sailor yeah, Moon, I, I guess. You what know, he's doing with go his other way. You know, Who is the most impactful gay person you've ever met? A man named Gino. When I went to college, uh, he was an older man. He'd been involved in the theater department, and he would just say very wise things to you, like uh, the only thing that is uh, control of your life is happiness and how hard you work. Uh, and I disagree with them completely. <laughs> okay. You don't have control over happiness, you don't think? Oh, I thought he was saying you couldn't control your happiness. No, he said... The, the things you, you do have control of. Oh, the things you do have control over are your happiness. Yeah, and how hard you can work at Yes. Then, and that's, that's something very important, uh, especially about what's happened this week, and especially what's ha- about the history of gay people um, is that we have to fight for our happiness. And that is an absurd thing to me. For all of time. All of time. Yeah. For all, that's the craziest. Well, no, like a good that's actually, that's not true. The Greeks fucking got it down pat. So did the Romans. They knew all about that shit. So did fucking Sparta. Sparta fucking, they fucked each other like nobody cared. Aren't they Greek too, though? What? Aren't Sparta, Greek, right? They're Greek or Turkish, maybe. I'm just I'm just pointing out a certain factor that most fucking aggressive, uh, but but a, a certain a certain faction a certain faction of uh, aggressive men look towards is stuff like that. But these are the most these are the most ag- uh, 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 wisest and and brilliant. Uh, societies that have ever lived not only in army tactics that we still practice today, oh, yeah. but in also in, in art and education and math and all this stuff, they accepted homosexuality more than any other culture. Mm. And that's something that's something wise to know. Uh, I know that uh, especially in I think so it's basically everyone started believing in God and it all went out the window. It all went out the fucking window. Well, and the, the more uh, the better a culture is doing, the more they support like gay and other people's right, women's rights, whatever. The more like technology right. that's invented. Jews love the gays. Excuse me. Jews love the gays. Yeah, it's because you like to sing and dance. Yeah. 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 If you look at old time artwork, it's all like like pagan, huge titted women and gay men. Mm-hmm. It's very feminine and very gay. It's like watching the Barefoot Contessa. It's less, It's just yes. big bone mm-hmm. ladies and a bunch of gay gay dudes. <laughs> yeah, well, making shit work like yeah. hardcore. And then something <laughs> happened, and then it was all just paintings of Jesus dying. Uh, so I don't know. Well, and I it's weird for me because I think there's a lot of. And we were talking about this earlier, but I think there's a lot of personal guilt involved with homosexuality or just sexuality in general. Like, like even I don't care what you're you are on the spectrum. I don't care whose dick you accidentally touched at one point. Don't hate yourself about it. That's the thing that pisses me off is that like, hey, you know what? Touch a dick. 
Amen. Okay. Yeah. No, or 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 you know what? Uh, or or you know, put your hand on a vagina. Nice. No matter who's next to you. Chris, I'm, I'm being. I'm being. You being loosey Yeah. Yeah. Because because sexuality is fluid. Fluid, like it ends in fluid too. Yeah. And that's what we're all hoping for. Yeah. If you think about it, that's all we want. What did you feel like when you touched a vagina, Chris? What did I feel like? Have you ever touched a Never. vagina? Never. Gold star homosexual. Oh, good work. Yeah. Oh, you made it. Yeah. Congratulations. I did it. Oh, my God. 40 years, not a single vag. Oh Thank God. you very oh much. Wow. Good work. Uh, Mike goes have sex with a guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> boom. Uh, yeah, never did. Never had to. Made out with one of my girlfriends. You know you're going to have to deliver a baby at some time or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to walk out here, trick, and fall into somebody's crotch. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh, hey, Chris, how'd you get that yeast infection in your mouth? Oh, don't uh, ask. It's going to be terrible. I, well, it's a funny story. Uh, <laughs> I have to know. This woman's uterus fell out of her on me. No, I never have. So it's uh, I've, I've made out. Uh, it was all braces and, and tongue in a, in the back of a limo in high school. But that was it. I never had to get any closer than a, a French kiss section, uh, session yeah. with, um, I can't even say it, Jesus. Uh, when I was in high school. And I mean, never I love again. women, but pussies, I would rather, like, uh, vomit into them. They're just nasty. When they're all wet and throbbing, That's, gross. Yeah. <laughs> this is an episode about pride. I thought we love fluids. Apparently not. Blood is a fluid. You for, touch your first, touch your first penis. <laughs> I had such a, I had such a like romantic. My first time was such a romantic, wonderful, brokeback mountain experience. I went, I ne- like total Camping? virgin. Camp. I went to college. I met a guy. We were like, we fell in love with each other, but couldn't really admit it yet because I wasn't sure about him. He wasn't sure about me. Mm. And so we made a plan to go camping in the Adirondacks. And we drove up in my my dad's F one fifty. Threw everything in the back. I literally drove one hundred and twelve miles an hour because I was like I gotta get him in the woods uh, I was like I think about I that every day I gotta get him in the woods yeah, <laughs> I think about that and how creepy it sounds now but um, I got him in the woods and it was great we set up a tent and we started like goofing around you know in the tent <laughs> and then off. started wrestling and uh, and it got hot and sweaty and we kind of fell off like we fell out of the tent side by side heavy breathing our faces were like half an inch apart and then it got awkward but in a great way and we just like slowly got closer and closer and then kissed and then went into the tent and Beautiful. the rest of us gorgeous yeah. gorgeous <laughs> and we lived together for the next three years and loved each other and it was great Aww. amazing yeah. Yeah. No, it was beautiful and it was I loved that I loved that I loved that moment and I'm so grateful for that so it wasn't like I was drunk like later in my life where I was like I was drunk in a gutter and mm-hmm. three guys like, you know, the old gutter fight. he was number four of number 16 <laughs> <laughs> but number one was beautiful, and I'm grateful to the world for giving me that. That's amazing. Yeah. That's gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Did you get a shit bucket, Walter? What? <laughs> well, the worst part about it is that I was a child. Oh. But so was the other person. Were you molested okay. by a child? What is that? that that's called fooling around and that's discovering that's yourself. That's, that's, that's like kid on kid sex crime. That's no, that's that. that's just kids being kids. Boys being boys. How old were you? Show me by. Um, I was probably about six. Six. Wow. Six? Yeah. Who's the other kid? You think? Uh, he. I know exactly how old he was because he was two years older than I was. Okay. Yep. Well, that's not you know, 
No. So it's weird, but it's not like... That is. It's weird. It's like, super weird, but it's also just... It's self-discovery. Yeah, and I did that with a girl at the same age, to be honest with you. Well, and I also did it... Yeah, but you were 30 when that happened. Sexual offender, Eddie. I'm in trouble. There's a water jet in a jacuzzi that'll never be the same. Oh, that, there's like 40 water jets in my fucking history before the age of 15. Uh, no, uh, no, I fooled around. Um, actually, and I hate to say this and admit it, but like I fooled around with kids... When I was a kid. There you go. Good. Uh, good. As your yeah. lawyer. Good thing to include. Pamela uh, trained you well. Uh, but get disbarred for sitting next to you, I think. <laughs> no, no. But before, uh, but there was just, a, I don't know. I had a lot of close friends. We did a lot of stuff that was yeah. weird. Uh, and so I saw a lot of genitalia, both boy and girl. Yeah, how about when you were an adult, though? Like, what was your first like adult? The first, uh, the the first, the first. Oh my God, I'm gay moment. Hanging out with a dude, <laughs> like when when because to be honest, in the psychology of uh, being a gay guy, there is that just like, oh, I'm just exploring. I'm just exploring, mm -hmm. and then everyone else like has to kind of nail you to the wall about it, mm -hmm. and you have that one friend being like, dude, stop. Are you gonna really make out with that guy? And you're just like, yeah. After. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta fuck that dude yeah. with your yeah. own mouth. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Or just kiss him. Yeah. yeah. In a sweet, <laughs> sweet way. <laughs> so let me let me ask you guys this. Uh, we're talking about pride. Is there a time in your life where you really started being like? I guess maybe it's after you were out with your parents, maybe, but like Recently. you're like, I I am very proud about my sexuality. Right. Maybe you got socially or politically active in some way, or when did you start having conversations with friends that related to events that were happening around? When did you guys kind of get into that? It was like a frequent part of your life where you were talking about issues that affected your community. Wow, that's super serious. Yeah. Like, I've never been that serious. And also, yeah. what's your favorite ice cream flavor? <laughs> <laughs> you can have Rocky been. Road. Um, I, because I've had a Rocky Road, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> boom! And it was on the road to Washington, D.C. in 1993 for the Gay Rights March on Fuck Washington. yes, with Jerry Brown! Yeah. Fuck yes! I, and I was, uh, I was in college, so I went to college in 1994. I'm 44. Uh, uh, I'm less proud of that than I am of being Gay. If you ever uh, seen an episode of the first season of The Real World, they all go to it as well. Yeah. Oh, do they really? Oh, yes, they for, do. Uh, Pedro? For, no, not Pedro. For uh, the first guy, the first gay guy, he goes. Before they got the hot tub. It's 1993. Yeah, 1993. I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. We all got in a bus, and it was in college, and it was great, and we all made signs, and yeah. I wore as few clothes as possible or something, and it was just, it was amazing, and it was like all, it was all, it all just felt like active and action-oriented, and like, and of course, we were a bunch of college kids, so we're fun, like, yeah, too. we're gay, and fuck you and fuck society and we're taking over and we're going to destroy marriage and 20 years later we did it was amazing awesome and uh, and so that was the first time but then it just became part of life and you of just course. you're just out and then just just existing as an out person is what your activism is so you don't have to like you know wake up at 6am and make you know protest signs every day right you just yeah. 
you just you just live, and that's that pisses people off enough. Yep. Well, I think just ha- yeah, I think uh, so often we think of activism as just like we have to go out and get on the picket line and do all this stuff, but really, I think a lot of it is just having the conversation like we're doing tonight, yeah. or having the conversation with friends that may not know enough, or just yeah. having the conversation among your own friends. Well, it's but it's also important, I think, especially for for gay men and women um, to show their love. Mm. Um, like I, I kissed my boyfriend on a subway once when we got attacked by somebody, not in a vicious way. It was just this crazy woman. And then literally like 15 different people were just like, don't pay attention to her. She's a bitch. You're great. Stop it. Um, but, but activism is, is, uh, just to show people. And I feel this way, especially for, um, people who believe in Islam. I feel this way for people who, uh, you know, are are Jewish? I feel this people who for who are Palestinian or or any sort of or women. Let's just go there. Well, don't get but crazy. well, <laughs> any marginalized faction. I think it's important for them just to show who they are, because that's important. That's absolutely important. And the one thing that the gay uh, the gay community sets a precedent of is we don't stand for your bullshit. <laughs> Sorry. We don't stand for your bullshit. You can do whatever you want to us. We're going to come back tenfold and organize better than you've ever seen. We're going we're gonna, to um, make sure that everything is way more well-documented and we can argue better than you. Yeah, that's what we were saying before the show, that on the left side of the political spectrum, the LGBT community is the only group of people that can organize the good leftist movement in this yes. country. Yeah. No one else on the left can do shit. Every conservative fucking person is able to, like, toe the line and do whatever they need to do, fall in line, and get politically organized. That's because everyone else is too high as fuck, and we've already been that high exactly. and don't care about it. We've done meth. It's we don't care. More leftists <laughs> should learn something from, from your community. I think it would be helpful. Absolutely. Do you ever find a, a difference between... I, I do from the outside looking in, but I, I do see there's a difference between older gay people and younger gay people. Because older yeah. gay people, they went through uh, AIDS, Stonewall riots, and younger right. gay people, I see them sort of like being meaner to each other. Right? No, there's... that's meaner to you, okay. not each other. No, no, no not really. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> But no, actually, no, they, uh, no, the younger people, uh, actually are even more inspired because are you kidding? That shit is, is shoved down people's throat in a great way. Uh, and it's like, as soon as you find out something, you know, it's like a lot of the, the younger gay community just finally is, you know, you came out at 30, I don't, I'm not sure what, uh, 19, you know, once you find out, it's just like, you know, you got this newfound life in you and you want to go, you want to go out there and you want to kick the doors open. I have an asterisk. I came out to my parents when I was 30. I came out when I was 18. Yeah. Because you knew me as gay. You've never known me as not gay. Never knew you as not gay. Yeah. Only I, when I met you, you were dating a dude who I didn't know was gay, who I sat next to all through high school. And I met you in college. Who? I don't remember. What was his name? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Christian. Cocktail. Sure. Yeah, I was going to say cocktail. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I had an epiphany uh, earlier today when we were hanging out during Murder Fist rehearsal, is that I wouldn't even fucking be a comedian if it wasn't for the gay community. I, you know, the, the gay community was the only place that 
at Brothers in Tallahassee, Florida, uh, this tiny little place uh, at the end of a strip mall at the end of town next to a next to the woods where fucking homeless people lived in those woods and they were scary as fuck. Walk through those woods in order to get to your car. Well, the woods were close. They, they were the, it was the best place to park your car. It was very, it was, it was frightening out there, and it was the only place they would let them let them be, and they were the only people that put us up and gave us a weekly show. When uh, Murderfist we, literally got uh, their first wouldn't exist. Murderfist uh, wouldn't exist because of Brothers the Gay Bar. Yeah, that's why they brought me on, and I wasn't about to be a comedian. I would have been a. I'd still be a fucking short order cook or some shit. No, you were only there in order to make sure we could beat off all the scary people. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Totally kidding. Um, but you, you know, know it's they, but they gave us a chance. Yeah. And, you know, while no one else would. They were the ones who said, "You know what, girl, be yourself." You know, get up there. We got those lights. Only place with lights and a full stage and multiple mics. And and this, is, this is in a place where where we were dealing with people in theater school, and and they didn't want us to perform there. Uh, they didn't want. Uh, they didn't care about us performing on campus at the, with in, with all the theaters that were readily available for no reason and empty yeah, every night. Empty. Yeah. So yeah. Murderfist yeah. went to the gay bar, yeah. and the gay bar was just like, yeah. We don't even care. Yeah, they threw us What are you talking about? We were mixing, like, and it was huge. It was, it was huge. huge in Tallahassee. Uh, I actually I actually was here uh, when you guys were doing stuff at, at Brothers. Yeah. Um, and Brothers, my, my whole remembrance of Brothers is it was packed every single night. Brothers was a, one of the most popular alternative bars in Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and so for Murderfist to get a night, a whole night devoted to them. Every Tuesday, new material. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that they would allow them to do that because people were crowding there every night uh, is amazing. A bar would, that's a bad bet. Like, that's a bad bet if you think about it. But these guys jam-packed the place. Uh, and I've seen video and I've been there and it's incredible. What we did as murder fists. Smoke in there. Got smoke on stage. I that's, smoke cigarettes. That's just Florida, though. That's just Florida. <laughs> that's a swamp. So this brings up to another thing. Uh, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, people, older people in your life that helped you. Chris, did you ever have like an older man or woman that was gay in your life that sort of gave you wisdom, passed oh. along some inspiration? That's interesting. No, I don't think so. So you just uh, fled you the just, waters by you yourself? Just, you just winging it? Yeah. I Holy mean, shit. Of my generation, uh, you know, a lot of gay men died who are just older than me because oh. I, I came of age just, just before the AIDS Holocaust. <laughs> Not even kidding. Well, he's right. Like, that's because I came... Like, I was 13 in the early 80s and mm. so I... So I was too young yeah. to be sleeping around... Uh, and so that generation all died, and um, not all died. That's how hardcore the the gay community is. You make a Holocaust joke, like, no, we had one. Yeah. We had, we, we. I know that song. Yeah. <laughs> I danced to it, 1992. Gay Holocaust. Gay Holocaust. Gay Holocaust. Gay Holocaust. I can keep going. I won't. Oh, uh, those were good times. Uh, 
No, they weren't. No, so they you just like are fleeing the waters alone by yourself. But not by myself. It was like I again, like I came out like I was in high school by myself, mm-hmm. and there was no one, and mm-hmm. like, there were, it was just it was the you know typical story where you just like small you're high alone. School, big high school. Small high school, so 365 kids, agricultural high school. I was an animal science major. I was a semi-professional livestock showman, so we traveled around there. Oh shit! So you seen a cow's asshole? Yeah, totally. Was he cows, dairy, beef, sheep, and swine, and poultry? So a state champion, 1988. Fuck uh, yeah, rock on! Do a whole show on this. Yeah. It was Really, I was really good because I'm really small, and so every like like steer I stood next to looked really big, and that's the goal: is you want to make your animal look like huge and have a lot of meat on its bones. Uh, I bet you got a lot of meat on your bones. You were like an optical illusion. I was an optical here. illusion. Yeah, I wore a tuxedo, and uh, I made the other kids jealous, and that's how I got into show business. Wow. That's, you ever finger yeah. a cow for fun? Uh, what's we did? Yeah, totally. Why not? That is because you have to palpate cows to do pregnancy tests, uh-huh. and uh, and so you put on the shoulder glove and you just go in. Shoulder. So I'm maybe you not a gold star He was part of Secreta. Yeah. <laughs> Could you ever like go in there and just kind of actually wait? No, I want to take I want to take a survey. I tried sign language. He put his hand in a cow's vagina. Is he a gold star gay? Oh. 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 oh shit. Oh, that's. I don't know if it's for us to judge. Or? Philosophical question. What? Yeah. Vegetarian or? Yeah, what's in the name of science? No, not. I eat meat. Oh, you're yeah, you do. Well, what if? Okay, I'll put a different one. But if he was like an OBGYN, and he was gay, would he be a gold star? It's not sexual? No, because then you're. Yeah, no, gay. then it's not sexual. Yeah. So therefore, you are still gold star gay. There you go. So it's not sexual. My brother's gay, but I'm the only pussy he's ever seen. Oh. I don't want to know. That's. My diapers, so like when you're a baby, you're uh, calling a pussy. First, like, Amber, you're like 90 yeah. percent, which is great when you're a baby, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like, mostly vulva, <laughs> yeah. You, you got baby. ears too, and I think <laughs> 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 ears, ears on a vagina that's hilarious and disgusting. Um, I want to, uh, I want to ask a question, bitches, because you guys suck as interviewers, and I love you. Oh. Deeply. All right, sassy man, go ahead. What was the first time you guys ever went to a gay bar? And uh, we know Ed's, basically. I'm trying to think if that's right. Oh, uh, but yeah, that is right. I was, uh, I did, uh, I think it was probably when I did stand-up on uh, Santa Monica Boulevard. It was this place called, like, Two Guns, Two Pistols, Two Magnums. Probably Two Magnums, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. Uh, but it was a really... Um, oh, flaming Saddles. So <laughs> It was, like, right near La Cienega and Santa Monica Boulevard, right in that West Hollywood area. And I remember being, very specifically, because during my set, there were these two guys at the bar. Everyone in the crowd was awesome. Uh, but these two guys at the bar, and you could kind of see everyone, had white shirts on. Both of them had shaved heads, and they were wearing jeans. And their white shirts were tucked into their jeans. And they were sucking face the entire time I was doing stand-up. And so I did what any other comic would do. I'd be like, you kind of, like, call them out and tease them a little bit. And so they turned, and they laughed really hard. Like, genuinely, like, I felt like, good. I, like, connected with them. I got them. Like win for me, and then I went on to my next joke, and then they just went right back to making out again. And I was like, "Wait a minute, you guys! What? I thought we just talked about this." They're like, "No, sorry, honey." And I was just like, "All right, I guess I, I've learned a life lesson here tonight." <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, yeah, it was fun. Good one. Yeah. That was your first gay bar experience. I think I was uh, I was twenty. Okay. 
touring? Yeah, yeah, because I was using a fake ID to do stand up when I was in LA at that oh, time. So, how about the gay bar in general? You know, the gay bar. Let's talk. Can we just talk about that? What it means to you? Like the what's the you know the clubhouse, the the safe haven, the. It's all of that. It, to- it totally is. And, and some people, it was funny because Obama made that speech at the press announcement after, right after the massacre, and he referred to uh, this gay bar as a sanctuary. Yep. And, uh, there was some, you know, chatter on Twitter or whatever about how sanctuary is just a stupid bar or whatever, blah, blah, But it's like, I mean, it's like, no, it's, it's actually, and someone made a, a, someone tweeted, and I can't remember, and I'm so sorry, whoever you are, tweeted that if you, if you don't understand why a gay bar is a sanctuary, Amen. you've never been afraid to hold hands in public. Amen. And, and that's what it literally is about, you, you, you're always a freak on the street. Even in 2016, you're self-conscious. Well, and I... And so the gay bar is that sanctuary, and it, it has its own norms and mores, and it is a mess, and then it can be classy, and it can be messy and dirty, and, and it can be it's the all over. But it's got its own kind of storied history, yeah. and so and that's what I love about it, especially mm-hmm. the dirty part. Like, there's a, there's a very kind of, like, there's a dirty kind of aspect of, like, of a gay bar, because it has that, it has a very kind of um gritty the weird thing and it's so and that's what i like that's what i like the weird thing though is that especially for you and me um because we're not very often age uh trust me uh but uh for us i feel like the gay bar was treated like this most heinous place where it was just nothing but you know like the the most disgusting place you've ever seen when growing up like people talking about a gay bar it it, it seemed like it was so yeah or or the corkscrew or you know just but it's it's where (laughs) um Orlando. Um, it's it. That was a joke. I'm sorry. That, that was, was a terrible in Orlando, joke. Orlando, actually, but uh, it, this was in uh, South Florida. Uh, but it's it. It made it to me personally. It seemed like it was such like a like a, a denizen of just awfulness, and you'd go there and see children being ripped apart, or you know, just whatever yeah. bad could happen would be there, and it amazes me now. Now at times to understand that it's not that it's it's the exact opposite of that it's 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 such a place that that wants everybody to go there it wants people to come there and relax Mm. hey what if you could go to some place where it didn't matter let go of your inhibitions. Not even inhibitions. Let it's let go of everything. it's also a safe space for women. Cause yeah, absolutely. Your earlier question, I first went, it wasn't a gay bar because we didn't have one in my town, but we did have a, a club place that didn't serve alcohol. Mm-hmm. So it was like an 18 under club. That's right. gay nights. And if you went to the gay night, you knew there weren't going to be any creepy older dudes who would hang around. Right. So it was. Because they're scared of the faggots coming after them. Exactly. So for me, growing up, when you're like 14, 15, and you want to go out with your friends, like older sister who will drive you there, that was like a safe night when you could just dance and you didn't have to worry about some like creepy old dude staring at you. Exactly. Well, and that's what amazes me about this whole thing is that why can't we have a safe place? You know, why can't we, why can't, why can't, there isn't one anymore. There isn't one anymore, especially after Sunday. Why can't we have a place where it doesn't matter how how terrible you're looking like Cena is today or about how or about how great you're looking or where it just doesn't matter. Where it just doesn't matter. 
Who cares? You want to know why? Because that guy can go over and kiss a boy. Or or that girl can go over there and, and kiss a girl. Or where that boy and girl can go kiss each other. Or where you can go where you don't have to kiss anybody and that's okay. Because guess what? Your own fucking thing is yours. And for me, especially what happened, the thing that hurts the most is that it took away that from everybody. And it's not just gay people. It's not just straight people. It's not those in between. Uh, It took away a safe space. And it took away it because they were scared. They were scared of a safe place. And I hate that. I hate that a lot. Uh, And I just... I, I said in a Facebook post that was super cool and a lot of people shared it and it was very nice. Uh, but I'm the one thing a gay bar wants to do is to see you go home safely. And I'm so sad. I'm so sad about the people who didn't get to go home safely that night. That's the most important thing. That's, that's the most important thing. Of, I don't care where you go. But that's what they want you to do. Nobody wants death on their hands. And to have that sort of death brought into, like, uh, I saw a woman uh, post today about how, uh, I saw a post today, uh, I forgot her name, and it was a brilliant post. And she was like, hey, I just got raped. And a man says to her, well, I have a penis And the fact that I didn't rape you means that I am okay because I would never use my penis to rape you. I would never use my penis and I wouldn't, I don't want you to make sure that anyone else has a penis. I'm not going to make sure like you can't be raped again because other people have penises too. This was a rape. This is a rape on a lot of things. And not not just gay culture, not just gun violence, not just anything else. I, there's a lot of things here that are hard to process. Mm-hmm. And it's just important to know that... Stop. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I feel like I should make some sort of point of statement. There's not, there's not much to say here. It's a, it's a space that people have been free for their one time in their small fucking life to go and be free, and then someone invaded it. But their lives aren't small. Not small, like in our short life. You know what I mean? In our short lives, you have one place to be... Yeah, most of the people in there, they died really young. You have a a space you can go and be fine in and do whatever you want, and it's nothing but love, and somebody brought hate into it. But it's... It's disgusting. No, they didn't bring hate into it at all. That happens on a regular basis. Yeah. You know, they like, they didn't bring hate into it. They brought a gun into it. I say that's hate. He was like writing like a whole, you know, like yeah. thinking about it, fucking hated it. Fuck that guy. But the thing, the thing that it, it gives me hope for the future, and and it's it's a horrific act and it's horrible. But we've all experienced, you know, nine eleven was horrific, and when when a, when a plane explodes, it's horrific. And so there are all these moments of yeah. horror. Right. Throughout our human history and throughout the past hundred years, and the gun violence in this country is a huge problem. But despite everything, despite the blatant, you know, homophobia, racism, sexism, all the violence that happens, and the AIDS Holocaust, and 9/11, and and this shooting, and, right. and Virginia Tech, and everything, these there there's still 
incidents in one space at one time that 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 cause us to step back and take a look at an underlying problem. In this case, it's gun violence. And like like I said before, you know, if we can if we can destroy marriage, we can destroy the Second Amendment at some point. And so we'll fix the gun thing eventually, but we're going to take a bunch of losses. But eventually, you learn from your losses, and then you create the safe space. So partly, you know, we have a modern gay civil rights movement because we had an AIDS Holocaust. Right. So we. We've learned our, from that already. We sacrificed on the one hand, but it allowed space for us to advance. And yeah. so this is a setback, and it's horrific, and it's sad, but it's one club, one time, and hopefully never again, but it'll happen somewhere else in the country, most likely. <laughs> but we can. But the more it happens, hopefully, we can. Uh, it, it rallies the entire country to take a harder look at, 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 the, prob- at the underlying problem so yeah. that we can go to a club and be happy. And statistically, most gay clubs are going to be fine, and most pride events are fine, yes. and most gay spaces yes. are still safe, but there's always yeah. going to be that one lunatic. And, uh, and so, the, you know, whatever that quote is about how the long arc of justice bends towards uh, the... Long, ar- what long is ar- the? arc of history. Long arc of, har- of history bends towards justice. And I- that's what I keep thinking about when I see these things. I think they're just data points, yes. and hopefully, and that... The, the overall trend is positive. We're, we have uh, less uh, violence, actually, right now, like just street violence, gun violence, than we do right now, than we did many, many, for, for many, many years. But that's also... It seems more violent because we have Twitter and Facebook, we all talk about it, but I mean, magnified. go back to the Civil War, go back to American yeah. Revolution. Go back to 1993. Exactly. People were just dead on the streets, be like, oh, fuck that guy, he's just yeah. fucking dead. Shot. Actually, uh, do, I'm not going to talk about this. Uh, the one thing I do want to say, I'm so sorry, that's uh, is that uh, I think the most important thing to learn here is that I honestly, as a gay man, I don't know if you share my viewpoint, you don't have to, because we're both equals and everyone is allowed to their opinions. Uh, this wasn't an Islamic thing. No, I think I think this was a person who was confused and angry and mad at a lot of people and also himself, uh, and a person who... Uh, used every defense he possibly could have to make him seem not capable for the actions he took. The thing I don't want to blame is religions. I don't want to blame... It's not even religions. I don't want to blame anyone except this one dude. He's the one who took the action. Nobody else had had knowledge of it. And that's who I blame, is this guy. That's why there's 49 victims of this, not 50. And the thing I focus on is the pattern is the same, right? It's the, yes. it's the uh, a, a, a person it's or like persons get, get guns and then they... It's like the guy who attacked the church. Yeah, Hood, who wanted to, like, I just want to go kill some black people. It's yeah, same, mental same illness. thing. So the pattern the pattern is the same and it comes, there's mental illness and then there's racism and sexism and homophobia and all. So there's all these competing, these all these competing problems and uh, mental illness. And, you know, and, you know, some say the racism, sexism, and homophobia is a hard mental illness, fine. Whatever. But the point is, it's the pattern is the same. Yeah. And, yep. uh, and let the experts try to figure out what the, what the root causes are. Yeah, we're all just comedians yeah. trying to not be happy right now. Yeah. I'm great. Um, well, let's, you know, this is the brighter side. Let's end on a happy note. Can I bring up something? I would love Absolutely. To um, I read a really um, kind of... I, I don't know how if you would think of it as beautiful, but I thought it was kind of a beautiful way of looking at um, the brighter side out of this tragedy is that in comparison to where we were even 25 years ago, the way the public, because 25 years ago, some of those people wouldn't be buried 
in public funerals because yep. they were gay. Yep. Some of those people, their families wouldn't pick up their bodies. This, this whole country wouldn't care no, if they, they were gay. Andrew Ted Clay be, would have a 30-minute special. There yep. would be public, there wouldn't be <laughs> so would Eddie Murphy. Vigils. They would be private vigils in only gay clubs instead of the massive outpouring of grief we've seen. Yes. So... Even though it's a terrible tragedy, it is, as you mentioned earlier, a data point mm -hmm. in how the country as a whole has changed in the public opinion mm -hmm. of the LGBT community. Absolutely. And so, the, that's that's the most amazing part about all of this is that people, the whole outcry of this country has been wonderful. People in my family who have always said horrible things for all of their history yeah. are being very wonderful right now. And it's it's super, but no, it, it and in and, and absolutely, and people it. who live in the mountains, people who live on the rivers, who people live on the oh. fucking plains. River people are the worst. They've got all the good boats, though. Thank God for the boats. <laughs> um, but but that's the best part about this, and the wonderful thing about pride is that it's never going to stop especially for this community the the pride of the the lgbtqi community will never stop because there's we've been ingrained especially people who have come after the aids generation we we've been ingrained with never letting that stop us yeah. i'm i'm here just as much I, as you are i think i think i'm i'm so um, I guess aspirationally looking forward to almost riding the coattails of the LGBT community as we push for social change in right. society. And I want to like uh, be more active and not just in this way, but do any like small thing that I can locally. Yeah. I think it's also important, like what happened with you, when if you see someone getting harassed for being gay or for that matter if you see people in a stand up for them racial, no if you see just, if you see anyone in a marginalized community i don't care if they're gay straight uh uh black white uh jewish muslim uh, uh every color of the fucking rainbow go to their defense do not allow them to to, to be degraded like that even just you don't have to get into a fist fight it's just you know, if you see someone in that kind of situation, you can even see when people, I've seen people getting yelled at on the subway and mm -hmm. you see people walk over and not say anything, but just stand by the person. Yeah. Yeah. And stand I think between that's them. Yeah. really important. Stand in between them. As a public showing of this type of behavior is unacceptable. Also, if you, if you see people making Orlando jokes, don't, that's not funny. Mm -hmm. That's not funny. Sorry. I'm in Murderfist. That's not funny. How long? Ten years? Is that the rule? No, I've been there before you were. <laughs> the uh, one thing that I realized, uh, well, not just realized, that I know is a fact, is that uh, gay people aren't going anywhere. Nope. So yeah. don't get mad at them. And, and then the only people that create gay people aren't gay people, it's straight people. Yes. And so it's just Christians, right wing <laughs> evangelical Christians that have so up babies on Dick the Cheney. So Big old fucking white Dick Cheney. Yeah. <laughs> to add in more of those, oh, they all love saying sodomites are ruining America, but you guys are the ones having kids and creating more gay people. Absolutely. So, you know, guess what? Embrace <laughs> atheism stop having babies get on board 
Amen, guys. This is the brighter side. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So much, Walter, for being here. Thank you, Chris, for being here. Thank you. Um, is there anything you guys want to plug? Crystal set. Do you have any? Uh, what's your Twitter handle? Crystal. My Crystal set is my uh, total handle. Um, my Twitter handle is Chris underscore Doucette. Uh-huh. It's like Doucette, but with no H. Thank okay. you, mom. And uh, <laughs> I have a show on Thursday, Friday, Thursday in Hoboken, Friday at the Duplex in New oh, York City. Oh, it's an S. Doucette, D-O-U-C-E-T-T-E, Doucette. Got it, thank you. It's French. It means it's French for little sweet one. Yeah. This is delightful. You can catch me and Walter July 25th, 930 at the pit at Queercom. Yes. We have Mateo Lane opening for us. Yes. Sketch with us. And we'll be at 9.30. Come see us. It's going to be a weird set, guys. Absolutely. Um, That is... Walter, did you eventually join Twitter? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter as... uh, uh, I think it's Was That Walter. At Was That Walter. If not, that's his Instagram. Follow him there. Yeah. At Cena John. At Amber Smelson. At Eddie Tunes underscore. At Mary J. Bulge. I love you guys. If you guys have anything else you want That's to That's the best Twitter handle. Um, we should mention that there's a lot of charities being set up right now. Are there? For Please the mention them. Yes. You know, I don't know. Uh, there is a, uh, a, I mean. Just Google it. Just Google it. Google it. Yeah, Google all the charities. Give to Orlando. Fuck yeah. everything. Yeah. Orlando is the best. Give them money. We'll have a link in our description on iTunes. And when you're talking to your gay friend, if you only got one gay friend and you're talking to your gay friend, they're not fucking handicapped. They're normal people. Don't talk louder to them. Don't make special arrangements. Give them a fucking them. hug. You know, yeah. just just, just give them a hug. Them like everybody That's else. all you need to do. Sex. Or just go have gay sex and just see what it's like. Yeah. And then Fuck yeah. Chris just said. Yep. Expand your horizons. If you want to experiment, come to my science lab. <laughs> 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 Mary, um, we don't. Ha- I, I, I didn't tell you about the song earlier, but we are. Uh, uh, we're going to close it out today with uh, "All the Young Dudes" by Martha Hoople. Uh, you can only hear three seconds of it here, but okay. please go listen to it. You love that song. David Bowie wrote it. Amen to all. I hope you'll keep on being nice to each other. shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com.
Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.